Hey everyone, welcome back to the Orangutan Academy. I am sitting here, of course, outside. That is the trend for me because I love fresh air. I love being immersed in nature. I'm sitting here watching the cardinals, watching everything fly in the crepe myrtles, seeing the little chickadees, and I'm ready to tell you this new podcast titled The Real Energy Crisis. So recently I was listening to a podcast, shocker, I know, and this podcast had mentioned in it something I had never heard before. It was a term called quiet quitting. It was used in a context of like being a bad thing or being like a new upcoming idea that was being performed by people in the workplace. And so kind of let it marinate and just kind of sat on those words. And a couple days later, I finally decided, I was like, what is this term quiet quitting? Finally investigate what this term means. And it had been a couple days since I listened to the podcast. So I actually typed into the search engine silent quitting, um, but it quickly registered what it was I was asking for which was quiet quitting. So I began reading these definitions of what quiet quitting is. And it's basically where you no longer or never have gone above and beyond for your job. It's kind of like you give whatever the very minimal expectation is and you get nothing else out of that person. I then reviewed some statistics within some of the documents that I was reading that referred to baby boomer generation all the way to Gen Z. And they did a generational analysis regarding which of these generations believes in quiet quitting or doesn't believe in quiet quitting. And it was very interesting to me because obviously the baby boomers, they are strong believers in not quiet quitting. Like they believe in dedicating yourself. They believe in working hard. They believe in performing the task the best you can and going above and beyond when necessary or all the time. And then as the generations got younger and younger, there was a trend that Generation Z, Gen Z believed in quiet quitting, whereas their perception was that in the workplace, you need to establish boundaries, contrary views. And I kind of sat with it. I was like, well, what do I think? How do I feel about quiet quitting? So this really got my gears turning at this point. I'm like trying to figure out how do I feel about it? Where have I come from? Where do I sit now? Just in the evolution of my work and and the work that I've done. And I kind of fall somewhere in the middle. And so I want to talk about that and unpack that a little bit for you. Whenever I think about the baby boomers and and why they might believe that quiet quitting is a terrible thing and know you should give 100%, I think there is lack in acknowledging a change in the trends of how we live and what the expectations are for the nuclear family. So the baby boomers, what does baby boomer mean? This um, term represents a time from approximately 1946 to 1964. So there was a lot going on in this time frame. But if you think about the nuclear family at this point in time, the nuclear family consisted of a dad who went to work and a mom who took care of the kids. And how much has this changed from then to now? Like the world is basically demanding a two-income household. If you just want the bare necessities, you have to have a two-income household. And if you want to have an over-exhilarating life, you're going to need to work overtime. And that's just the, the expectation now, but it wasn't the expectation back then. And so I'm thinking about these statistics, and I'm thinking about the decrease in acceptance of what this quiet quitting term means and what it brings to life. So you've got baby boomers on one extreme end that think quiet quitting is absurd. It's crazy. Like absolutely not. You should give a hundred percent. In fact, you should give more than a hundred percent in the job that you do. 
You put that in that time frame, makes total sense. And then let's go to the other extreme, Gen Z, where now you are forced to live a two-income household to be able to even afford basic utilities. And they're saying, you know what? We're going to need boundaries here. Like I'm going to quiet, I believe in quiet quitting because it sets boundaries and it allows for energy to be conserved for what you work so hard for, which is your family and what you go home to. And so here I am, I fall in the middle. I'm this millennial who I do believe in working hard. I do believe in giving it everything you got, but to an extent, like there has to be energy reserved for what you work your, your butt off for. We work so hard and we give it our all and we put our heart in it to go home and be with our family just to get up and do it again the next day. Like there, there's more to life than just work, but there also should be purpose and fulfillment in work. And I think that there's an equal balance, but I began to understand the statistics more when I really started thinking about it. So now let me bring you to a time when I was sitting there listening to my fabulous Pandora music. I was listening to one of my favorite stations and I do not pay for Pandora, therefore there are commercials. So a commercial came on and this commercial was for Instacart. And this commercial stated, oh, I'm so glad I have Instacart because I just put all of my things in a cart and I selected it and then I purchased and it allowed me to spend more quality time with my family. So if you wanna spend quality time with your family, you need to shop Instacart. This absolutely put me in a headspace where I'm analyzing what was just said to me. And I'm like, so what they're saying is if I make more money and if I spend more money, therefore I have earned and therefore received the opportunity to spend time with my family. And Hannah's like, what is wrong with this picture? Like so many things are wrong with this picture. For one, I do not have to earn time with my family. By being present and by being a parent, I have already earned that privilege. And I'm going to take every opportunity to be respectful and grateful for that privilege. And not only that, but my money doesn't determine how important or not important quality time with my children is. Like, I don't have to spend money, yet society is telling me, if you want to spend money to spend more quality time with your family, that's what you need to do. I mean, if you want quality time with your family, that's what's expected. And I'm back here in the shade thinking, what is going on? Who actually thinks this is okay? And we are brainwashed to believe it and we fall for it. And we are constantly, constantly pushed to make more money, to be more successful in whatever the term success means to you. And what does successful even mean? Like I start really thinking about this and I'm like, what is success? And success is so subjective. How can Instacart tell me what success is? Like, how can this ad on Pandora identify what success means to me and then tell me what I need to do about it? Like, something is wrong here and I'm not going to receive this message well. I'm not receiving this message well. Like, Instacart, you need to go somewhere else. So we're going to jump from Instacart present moment to let's backtrack a few years in my life personally, whenever I finally started realizing that this trend to build a successful 
air quote, successful life meant. Okay, so I am a nurse and I immediately exited nursing school and I went into the surgery field. And I got a job as a surgery nurse and I worked there for two and a half years. I signed a contract, I had to be there, worked there two and a half years, okay? And I hated it so much that after my two and a half year contract was up, I quit. And I don't mean I quit the job, I quit the profession. So I left the nursing career because it was incredibly, incredibly demanding and incredibly hard and just, I couldn't imagine to continue doing it. And my heart was broken and every time I went to work, I felt this constant anxiety and like nausea. And I just started recognizing that this is not the way that I choose to live. And so I decided not to anymore. So I left the nursing profession and I did something else for two years. Um, After that, me and my now husband started getting very serious. And I was like, you know, we are planning on having kids. Like our, our life needs to be more stable. The job that I currently had really didn't have like a predictable income. It was, it was more on a whim. So I was like, you know, I probably need to maybe give nursing another chance because I had kept up with my certification, my license, um, and there was no reason really to not go back and try a different place. And that's exactly what I did. So I applied to this job, I accepted the job, and I ended up working at that facility for six years. So the first couple years of working at this facility, it was beautiful. I met great people, great people who influenced my life, great coworkers that that not only cared about themselves but they cared about me. They cared about their family. They cared about my family. Like we were so interconnected. It was such a small hospital and we became integrated into each other's lives. And it was one of the most beautiful relationships with work that I have ever experienced. And I'm, I'm so grateful for those people. And those people are still a part of my life today. So I met this great staff. I'm coming into this hospital. I'm like really feeling the motivation. As the years go by, I want to learn more. I start building on what my foundational nursing career had already given me. I start building on it and and getting better and broadening what I knew and showing that I want to know more. And after I start knowing more, I, I see the flaws in the system. I start seeing the flaws in the processes. And I'm like, I want to be a part of this change. Like, I want to do something for this place. And I want to be a part of that for the greater good, not just for myself, but for the patients that come in. Because I'm an advocate for my patients. And I think a patient experience is everything. A good outcome is everything. The family for the patient is everything. Like, all of these things matter so much to me. And if I have a say-so in the process that allows this to take place, I'm going to go as big as I can. And so this eventually led to them offering me a charge nurse position in this department. I accepted that position and shortly after that, I was offered a supervisor position. And I applied for the supervisor position. I ended up getting it. And so now I am supervisor over this entire surgery department now. And so I'm like, oh my gosh, I've made it. Like I am driving for success. I'm driving for success because I want to make a difference. I want to be a part of a greater family other than the one I go home to, but the one I go home to is still priority. Like I just felt like all of the ducks were aligning because I had worked so hard to get to this point. I'm getting there and I'm there and I am attending the meetings and I am constructing my emails as perfectly as I can and I am announcing when I think something is redundant or something is wrong and in the beginning all of this went well 
And then as the years went by, I started noticing the trend. I started recognizing a trend that there was this unrealistic expectation and not only unrealistic, but unaccomplishable expectation for something always better and greater than what I could achieve. And my achievement was always subpar. Like there, there was never really enough. There was never enough of my time. There was never enough of my energy. There was never enough for the entire team, even though that's what I went after this entire time. And so I'm picking up all these feelings. I'm picking up on the emotions of my team. I'm trying to be there for them. I'm picking up extra call, extra time just to, just to alleviate the team. And it just feels like there's no reprieve. And so now here I am looking back hindsight 2020 I am stuck in the middle of this disgusting American dream that tells you to go and achieve and be great and go higher and higher make more money make more strive make more of a difference make more of accountability make more of unachievable expectation and just keep going until the sky is the limit there is a glass ceiling like it's an endless infinite expectation. I start recognizing this and my lifestyle starts being affected by it. Um, I'm noticing life at home is changing. I'm, I'm noticing my response to things are changing. I'm noticing my drive and my energy are changing. I'm noticing I don't even really have it in me to care about much as the years go by. Finally, I decide after many conversations with my husband, I'm going to go backwards. I'm going to go backwards. And I know it looks like I'm going backwards, but you know what? To me, it's going forward because I cannot continue to live like this. I need to make a difference for every patient I come into contact with because what I'm doing right now is no good for anybody. And so I step down. I step down from supervisor and I become a staff nurse again. And then I start to recognize that, you know, this job at this place really isn't working for the lifestyle that I'm going for. Like I'm looking for something different. And this goes back to one of the very first episodes of this podcast that I did, where I'm talking about I'm in this crazy place where I'm trying to achieve X, Y, and Z. And I I can't really understand what's at play, but I know something greater is at play later on. So I start searching and I put my feelers out. And I decide to leave this facility that I was at for six years because I felt an opportunity for something else. And for, for my life, anyone who was looking at it, it was like, what is she doing? It's going backwards. But for me, it was moving forward because I decided to let go of what looked like a dream and success in everybody else's eyes. But my success, I knew was in my heart so deep and so embedded that I needed to be a more present mother. I needed to be a more present wife. I needed to be a more present nurse. I needed to be more present just in myself so I could make the difference for people around me. And I noticed that that's not what I was doing. So in reflection, I notice a problem. I analyze it. I determine what needs to happen. And I start making arrangements. And that's exactly what happened. So now that you know the backstory of my career, 
The backstory to my life is during this time we were living in a subdivision and we had, um, it was our second house. We had slowly kind of been moving up, I guess, if you want to describe it that way. I'm not really sure what up means, but I guess it means like a nicer house with like um, a granite island and more bedrooms and however you want to describe it. And so at this exact same time where I'm in this job that I absolutely dread going to, again, every day because I tried to make the difference, I tried to be the person, and now I realize that I have more work to do on me so that I can better be present for those that are around me, I start looking at my surroundings. I start looking at what we're doing for humanity. I start looking at what are me and my husband doing for our twins because the twins were born at this time what is happening and so I start to put a different picture together and this was around the time we really started looking at regenerative agriculture and we really started looking at um, food resources and we started just really investigating a different lifestyle I had decided at this point that we are gonna move we're gonna move to a different location this was before I accepted any other position I was still as a staff nurse I might even have still been a supervisor. I kind of don't remember. I might have been in that like exiting period, but I decided we need a different lifestyle. This is not okay. I don't want to be in a subdivision. I don't want a tiny lot. Like I want to be consumed with mother earth and I want to be present. So we um, start looking at different properties and y'all, we found the most perfect property. And by perfect, I mean perfect for Hannah's soul like beautiful in all the ways that nobody else would see it as beautiful, like beautiful in all the ways that like my childhood dream imagined. So we found this four acre lot with a house on it in the neighboring city that we grew up in. And this lot has a house on it and the house is about a hundred years old. And it is like this cottage style fairy tale house that is all white on the outside and we walk in and there's original hardwood floors and there's paneling and there's the crystal doorknobs and there's all these beautiful things and I walk in and I just feel at home immediately. And so we found this house that is just completely opposite of what we were currently living. But it satisfied my soul in all of the ways. Like the paneling was blank. It was just, y'all, It was it's paneling on the walls. like so much can be done like I walked in and it was like a canvas for me it was like this house is all the charm and all the beauty that I ever thought I ever wanted and I can do so much with it artistically to make it exactly what I want it to be whether that's aesthetics or remodeling and y'all we went for it we went and looked at the house we made our offer it was accepted immediately like and that's where we're currently living and it is the most beautiful rich authentic life like to everybody else in our life who was present at the moment they're like what are they doing like they went from this really nice house in this subdivision where they have super high ceilings and beautiful crown molding to this house that's like built a hundred years ago literally that has wood paneling it's off the ground it has like cement steps going in like just walls in places you wouldn't expect walls and i look in and i'm like this is gorgeous and again i find myself in this exact same place where i am moving forward and the world can see it as i'm moving backwards and i don't care i don't 
care because Hannah's like, I'm moving forward. And that looks like a freaking blast. And who wants anything more than an open, white, beautiful canvas to create whatever it is your heart desires? And that's what we did. We are still living in this house that I found and I don't plan on moving. I plan on living here as long as I can. And it's a beautiful place to raise our girls. They love being outdoors. They love the neighbors. They're fantastic. Like there is nothing that I can say that is negative about where we live. And I'm just going to keep chasing the dream. Like I just am obsessed with this idea of creating more with less because Instacart, I want to tell you you're wrong. Like I do not have to work overtime to be able to afford groceries so that I can spend quality time with my family. And if that's the message we're gonna drive to our younger community and to any community, I'm on the other side and I'm gonna say, no, you're wrong. That is not what America was built on. And that is not what I'm gonna teach the Orangutan Academy about. No, America was built on family. It was built on principle. It was built on religion. It was built on whatever it is you think is important to your family, whether or not that looks like moving backwards, but you're moving forward. I think this idea can offer tremendous abundance to any family who's raising children, who are stuck in a place, who are trying to figure it out, who are in an awful job. like. I don't know. I know I found myself in an awful job where I was unhappy every single day and I decided, you know what? This isn't worth it. I'm going to take a pay cut. I'm going to step down. And when stepping down wasn't enough, I'm going to leave. I have to go because it is more important for my sanity and for my family and for everyone that I know and love that I do so. And then I'm also going to leave this arbitrary American dream behind and I'm going to chase my dream. And my dream is a house with glass doorknobs. And my dream is a house with less square footage so I have less to clean. And my dream is about raising children in the country with no shoes. And my dream is about having chickens. And my dream is going to have tortoises in it. And you know what else my dream is going to have? It's going to have children who run around with creativity out of this world because they have infinite access to glue and paper and construction paper and puzzles and anything they can think of to make this world better and to make this world think differently. And not only this world, like this nation, this nation is so caught up in this idea of what success is that I don't think there is any one person who can identify what success means. And that's the point. The point is success is what it means to you. What does it mean to be successful for me currently right now, which it may change because life is always evolving. We're always changing. But for me right now, it means working a schedule in nursing that I adore so that I can still homeschool my children and I can still be present with them on the weekends and I can live in a house that doesn't require overly maintenance and to live in a house that my husband just let me paint the bathroom wall with elephants on true story just did it and he doesn't care because it's our canvas it's our life like it doesn't matter we can be artistic and as out of the box as we want to and we support each other in that and to me that support and that amount of love is what the american dream for me means hope you all enjoyed this awesome episode titled The Real Energy Crisis because 
It's a true story. Like the real energy crisis is what the world demands of us. And how long is it going to take us to say, no, your demand of me is unrealistic and unachievable. So I'm going to demand of me what I know I can achieve within what also are the things that I want and desire to be happy and to feel fulfilled. And that is the most important thing. That is the energy crisis. The energy crisis is, can I balance my life enough so that I can achieve all of the things that fill my cup that also fill the people around me? If I can fill my cup, I can spill out to those around me. But if the world demands this unrealistic goal and I continue to chase it and run after it, no, we're never going to get there. It's not going to happen, Instacart. I'm sorry. Like, that's ridiculous. So I just wanted to share that with y'all because that's really how I felt when I heard that commercial. I thought it was absolutely ridiculous. And nobody, nobody in America should feel like they have to spend more money to appreciate and to have quality time with their family. It's absolutely absurd to me. You've already earned it. You're already a good mama. You are already a good daddy. You already work your butt off. Can we just spend time with our family and not have to pay extra for it? I think that's fair. I think it's fair. And whatever way we have to make that work, we do it. At least that's what we're trying to do here at the Orangutan Academy. We're trying to make every day count, every experience count, every moment. And nobody's gonna tell me when it is or when it's not successful. I choose that. Thanks again, everybody.